0: Listening to Talking Out Loud, still the number one podcast in the Atlantic Ten and among Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet consistently reminding you to wear red and be loud. Hey,
1: here come the flyers. Hey. here come the Flyers! Hey.
0: Welcome back to the Rapid Reaction Podcast here of Talking Out Loud. The Dayton Flyers are a winner, 93-54 over the Alabama State Hornets, coached by none other than Mo Williams, Cavaliers alumni. We're coming to you with a rapid reaction here on the Talking Out Loud podcast feed or on fourteen cent ESPN Radio, wherever you're listening to us today. We welcome you in. It's going to be a solid hour of Dayton Flyers talk. They improved to 5-3. and three. Four wins in a row now after that one and three start to completely turn the season around. A lot to talk about, a very necessary win against um, a foe that was not so strong, but I have my confidant and often co host with me. He is the godfather of Dayton blogging and he goes by Blackburn. He joins me tonight to talk about what was a very therapeutic route by the Dayton Flyers tonight, dare I say.
2: Yeah. Hey, Sully. How's it going? Hey. How Um, how are you? Welcome (laughs) into
0: welcome into the show. Yeah. Thanks for welcoming me in. Yeah. No problem. Um,
2: Yeah. No. You 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 touched on it right away. I mean, this is after the week that Dayton had uh, down in Orlando. This is the kind of W that they needed. You know, a forty point win um, at home, and it. You know, people are starting to. We talked about this before when we went on the air. People, for better or for worse, for right or for wrong, are starting to believe again. Yeah. They want to. They want to be either hurt or uh you know they want to be proven correct (laughs) people
0: well people are starting to believe again because we really don't have any other choice as Dayton fans we sign up for the 31 game season and we do kind of do that thing where as Dayton fans we say well we're going to show up no matter what we love our flyers so you can't have that notion in the back of your head and also pair it with the season's over um So people have a lot of hope, and they should. They should have hope. This team has really turned it around. And where I wanted to start tonight um, with talking about that newfound hope is a story that I remember from a uh, a sports legend of mine being from Pittsburgh, Chuck Knoll. And there was one time Chuck Knoll, coach of the Steelers, he found a playbook, um, I believe, when they were playing the Houston Oilers. I'm going somewhere with this, Blackburn. Just stay tuned with me. Please do. Please do. So he found a crinkled up playbook in the Houston Oilers locker room, I believe it was, and they brought it into the Steelers locker room and they said, Hey, we have everything that we need to prepare for this team. Chuck Knoll took that playbook, he rolled it up, and he threw it in the garbage and he said, it doesn't matter what they uh, do. It only matters what we do.
2: That is such that was such a setup right there.
0: Oh, you loved There's, it, didn't you? I
2: know, I know. I love the story. I don't buy it for a second. I think that's one of those motivating things. No, you know I mean? Chuck
0: Knoll did it. You can totally see a grumpy white man in the 70s doing that in NFL locker room. You don't, think
2: it, you don't think it was like a work? Like, hey, let's let's get these guys pumped up. I'm gonna I do I mean it maybe, maybe,
0: maybe it was. I
2: think that I think that playbook <laughs> was blank
0: way <laughs> <laughs> being um you can't now look at this Dayton team after we're now 8 games into the season right and after what we've seen we've seen in Orlando and then tonight against Alabama State you absolutely cannot tell me that the th- the teams that we played mattered in those first 4 games it wasn't about what Lipscomb did it, it wasn't about what UMass Lowell did and it wasn't about how Austin P beat the Flyers handily It was about the Flyers. It was about their team. It had nothing to do with the game preparation and what transpired from the other side of the floor. The Flyers just weren't executing. And sure, right here on this show, like I was ready to put that blame on the coaching staff. And the coaching staff publicly said, stick with us. They're young guys. And we said many times, we're like, okay, I understand that this team is young, but the bar is set incredibly low. We're not asking you to go on the road and beat Duke. We're asking you to win four by games before you get to your exempt tournament. And so I start tonight by saying the Flyers finally have dictated the pace of a game from start to finish. And they did so against Miami, um, not so much against Kansas and Belmont. I think those were back and forth and those teams were both good enough that the Flyers, you know, there's a little give and take that's involved. But tonight they had a team come into the arena. There was a lesser foe. They were one in three in those games going into tonight, and they dominated from start to finish. And not only did they dominate, you know, on the scoreboard, but what I liked was that the distribution was there of the scoring. You know, the Flyers had four guys that were in double. Sorry, three guys that were in. No, no, I got it. Yeah, four guys in double figures tonight. And the scoring was just so balanced. I think that is where they're going to be strongest this year. So I start there tonight, Blackburn, because I was extremely encouraged by the fact that Dayton put Alabama State down on the map, and then they kept them there. And that was something that going into the game tonight, I talked about it with Brooks Hall on Tuesday. That was the number one thing I wanted to see tonight was that when they have a team down, can they absolutely stomp on them? And I believe they did that really well tonight.
2: Yeah. Um they just took care of business. You know, the, the Flyers were basically a twenty point favorite tonight. Um the the encouraging thing is that they shot the bell the ball well from the outside tonight. Yep, that's 10, gonna for, be... ten for
0: twenty-one from three for everybody out there,
2: 47%. And I mean, look, that's that's modern college basketball now. You know, if mm-hmm. you live by the three, you die by the three. Um and, and look, we we discussed this many, many times before when this particular Dayton team isn't hitting, hitting shots from outside, you could lose to an Austin P you could lose to a UMass Lowell. Um, so it was good to see Amsel come out. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of absent for the, uh, the, the, the first part of the season, obviously he's forever ingrained in flyer lore for his shot, his miracle shot against Kansas, which hit every part of the backboard and rim and that was like
0: Amazing play. It's amazing. It's so like, Dayton. So Dayton. It's like it's like
2: uh, it's like a movie, but like a bad movie where like if you watched it, you'd be like, No, come on, like just just you know, let the ball go in naturally. Like he doesn't need to hit the front of the rim, the backboard, you know what I mean? Like You you, you know just... what though? It was so
0: perfectly Dayton because think of all the great shots that we celebrate on um like the DePaul shot. Broken play, uh Chapman passes it and Ed Young ends up taking the shot, not who they want to take in a shot, right? Right. Then right the v sanford thing out of all the guys taking the shot nobody thought it was going to be v sanford ohio state game right? right how about the play that starts this podcast the brooks hall play totally broken play the jordan cyber buzzer beater against ipfw in 2014 broken play flyers make it happen and they win the game like that's is that always what happens with dayton right
2: I guess so. I mean, different guys, you, you get the opportunity, right? And you, you step up. But Amsels was so unique in the sense that they put him to the side of the court. All right? It was essentially like, just get out of the way kind of get thing. Out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't option one or two. It was just like, you know, spread the floor. We're going to drive, you know, Mal's going to drive the ball here. You just get, go to the, the corner. You know what I mean? Just hang out. and Just hang out. You know, the ball gets... And that's another thing, like, the ball has to get blocked a certain way. If the guy barely blocks it, uh, you know, throws it out of bounds, throws it straight down, nothing happens. But it just so happened the trajectory of the ball was such that he was able to get it. Um, and I still – I watched it a few times now. Ali, I still don't know how he got that shot off and, you know, to actually hit the rim. Oh, me either. It was his, his, body, his body is literally facing the sideline when he, when he goes over the shot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, like I said – and and I think I think most Dayton people probably had the same reaction that I did watching it live, is that it went through the hoop, and then in your head you are thinking, wait, did they win? Like, did <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was like I, in my head I was going, wait, did I tie the game? Did I win it? <laughs> what, did the did the clock go off? Like I, you go through all these permutations of like, wait, no, that can't be. Like that just doesn't happen to us. You know, I did mean?
0: have a moment of disbelief last and Friday. Even, I did. Like,
2: Eve, like everybody, it, it was like. It took, like, if you watch the replay, it takes, like, a full <laughs> second for people to grasp what just happened. The people oh, yeah. in, the, in the stands, some of the players, uh, it was kind of like, wait, wait, what? Like, this it, can't it be. was just bizarre. Um, but again, I don't want to say, you know, what the win means might not mean a lot come March. We can agree on that, correct?
0: No, this win will mean nothing. But, like, in the context of the season, right? That, it's-, it's about as therapeutic as, like, a 40-point blowout can get.
2: Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Kansas win, I'm saying.
0: Oh the Kansas win, yeah. No. Yeah. That, I you know what? Um we did talk about this before we got on the air, and and to be frank with listeners, like I wouldn't be willing to entertain the at large conversation or the chatter <laughs> no. from people.
2: It's so early, man.
0: It, it's starting. Um oh, no. I wouldn't be willing to entertain it if we hadn't beat Kansas because here's the reality is that we oh, no. are no longer Oh no what we're playing for is as as much the narrative as the resume. Like, we need the narrative nationally now to be, oh, the Dayton team was young and lost their first games, but look at them now. If Dayton can successfully get that narrative to start boiling up from the national media and the people that cover college basketball, they are as much fighting that perception as they are, hey, look at their resume. And the reason is they beat Kansas. Everybody is willing to have that conversation when you beat a team like that, that's going to be in the top 10 or 15 every single year. So yeah, if we had beaten whatever, 30 or 40 Memphis or the Virginia Tech win at home, I don't think that I would entertain any more of this, but I'll be (laughs) honest with you you know, and I did say this, we can start to have the conversation again. If the flyers rattle off the next four games, or let's call it five games in the non-con, and then they go in to the conference play at 10 and three, then we can absolutely entertain that conversation because the first week of a 10, a -A 10 play is URI. And then Bonaventure, both teams that are going to be top 75 Bonaventure, obviously a little bit higher, top 50.
2: So that's where we're at right now. That's just the reality. Okay. But can I, let me throw a quick factoid at you. I'm not sure, sure. if it's, it's not necessarily a fun fact because I don't know how fun it is. But uh, guess how many teams have made the tournament as an at large with two quad four losses? Absolutely none. How many quad four losses does Dayton have as of <laughs> December 1st?
0: They have three.
2: They have three. Okay. So, my point is, you know, numbers don't lie, do they? Like, you know, your wife lies, your friends and that's, lie. That's
0: exactly why I said the perception is just as important. Like, these, absolutely. I mean, look, that's the, that's what we're doing.
2: Look, college sports is is no different than the circus. Like, it's it's PR. It's hyping things up. The problem is that unfortunately, Dayton isn't as nationally known or cared about as as we would like. You know what I mean? Sure. People are going to remember, oh yeah, you know, Dayton had an upset against Kansas, but then the rest of the nation completely loses track of date. you know yeah um they don't care about them you're not gonna see them on highlights at night but you know a lot of things have to happen we can agree with that we don't even know how good Kansas is going to be this year we really you know we really don't um but they do have the three quad four losses which is a I don't want to say insurmountable mountain to climb but I mean it's pretty significant yeah it's the flip side the flip side is this right um, it's kind of like playing poker with everyone's hands up with the hands on the table, facing upwards. Everyone knows what we're playing with now. Like you you have to just keep winning. That's all that's really all it is. I mean, one more obviously one more bad loss, and you can just forget all that noise. Like you said, yeah, you gotta clean out the rest of the non con schedule. And then, like you said, the first two not conference games, if they can somehow win those two, then you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. As yeah. crazy as it sounds, because we don't know what the quality of the bubble is going to be like. We, we can't even project that at this point. You know what I mean? So yep. Um, basically you keep winning. And look, I don't agree with the chatter. You know? <laughs> no, no, me
0: <laughs> either. It's not time yet. It's just not it's time not, yet.
2: And I wouldn't say I was outright laughing at some of it, but um, it is. It's one of those things where you're like, you know, <clears> you get very excited and you make some pronouncements that probably aren't based in reality, but that's okay. That's what being a fan is about. It sure and, is. If your attitude out there is that hey, if these guys beat the Jayhawks, they can beat anybody. Then yeah, you know I can totally agree with that. I see where your head's at. I can make sense of that. But if you're thinking Dayton is going to roll off 25 wins this year, 24, 20, whatever we agree upon that a mid major has to win uh, to be in consideration for a bid, I'm not sure I'm willing to go down that that road with you. Not right
0: now. Yeah,
2: I, I would have to wait till like literally mid February to be like, okay, you know what, this is a possibility. You know what I mean? But look, it's all baby steps. This is a the baby flyers. They got to take baby steps, keep the diaper clean, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But look, we could be having a much different conversation if they won one out of two in Orlando, or God forbid, lost all three. We probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now.
0: No, we wouldn't be at all. And the only reason we are, again, is that they won three and one of them was Kansas. And so the formula is simple. You have to create as much distance on the calendar between yourself and losing, because like you said, if you go back to the well and you lose one of the games coming up, it's okay. You know, Dayton's an average team. They're going to win some, lose some. But if you keep winning and let's say you, you turn a winning streak of seven or eight, which gets you to the Bonaventure game then people are looking at it with that narrative, that perception in mind of, oh, this team turned the corner and now look at them. That's what it has to be moving forward for Dayton fans. So they take, they take a step forward in the right direction tonight. Um, you know, there was a little bit more scrutiny put on this game because of everything that preceded it, right? Um, I don't think anyone really cares about a blowout against Alabama State, but when you had lost three of the first four games against teams like this and the game that you won could have gone the other way easily. I think it gave a lot of people room for pause and especially, you know, it doesn't matter how bad the team is. We just watched the proof in the pudding. Now I I will say, and we'll talk about on the other side of the break. Alabama state was a little bit worse than I even gave them credit for. Um, they were just a bad basketball team going into the night. They turned the ball over. Um, one in four possessions. They were making unforced errors on about one in five possessions. Both of those were bottom 20 in the country. So we'll get into some of the action on the other side of the break here. Uh, this is just segment one. We're back for two more. You're listening to the Rapid Reaction after Dayton, a winner, 93-54 against Alabama State. Come on back on the other side of the Rapid Reaction here. We're talking out loud if you're listening on the podcast feed or 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton. Yes. And welcome back to Talking Out Loud, the Rapid Reaction segment. Dayton winner against Alabama State, 93-54. If you're listening to us on the podcast feed or 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton, it's great to have you for another segment. The Flyers improved to 5-3 as we said and got contributions up and down the lineup. To give you a little recap, the Flyers got 35 points from the bench tonight. They scored 36 points of their 93 in the paint. And they even generated 25 points off turnovers, which is something that Dayton has not been able to do in their first couple of games here. They even chipped in 27 on the fast break. Again, something that's been different and we haven't seen a whole lot of from Dayton to this point. The scoring was balanced. Uh, Tamani Kamara overcame a four for 12 performance from the field to finish with 16 points. Seven of those coming from the line. He also finished with seven rebounds. The entire lineup for Dayton, everybody that came onto the floor was plus in the plus minus. If you don't know what it means, it just means that more points were scored for Dayton than the other team when they're on the floor. Some people might not know that. I'll explain it for you. That's why I'm here. And then uh, Mally Smith, Ended up with 14.7 rebounds, five assists, even chipped in five steals. Kobe Elvis finished with 16. That was on three of four shooting from downtown and three from the line. Uh, Most encouraging part of the win for Dayton today, again, was the fact that they got up early on Alabama State, and then they kept them down, and they finished the game off uh, without a doubt. the, the Flyers shot the ball more effectively, 10 for 21 from downtown, 30 for 63 overall. Both of those identical percentages at 47. Uh, the Flyers took a 13-point lead into the half and then simply just accelerated from there. They went on a 15-2 to two run out of the gate in the second half, and as they say, the route was on. Uh, they were up 26 with 12 minutes left, had a 35 point advantage with six minutes left. And then, of course, your final, a 39 point advantage against a much lesser foe, which was great to see. Um, You know, I I just I keep thinking back tonight that there was definitely some nerves um, on my part. And uh, Blackburn joins me here for the rapid reaction, as he often does. Um, Blackburn, did you have a little bit more nerves going into tonight as far as buy games just because of what's preceded the game tonight? Of
2: course. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'd be insane not to.
0: Yeah. Um, Everybody that walked into the building was like, okay, we're prepared for what could happen tonight, you know? I mean,
2: I I think, look, they came out of the gate strong, which is, I think, what everybody wanted to see. It was was almost 13
0: to 2 right away, right? Right.
2: It was almost purposeful. It was almost like the team gathered and said, look, these guys, these paying customers have been through a lot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we put them on the emotional roller coaster. Yeah,
2: we, uh, you know, a lot can change in a week, but, uh, you know, people do remember the first four games of the season. So let's not give them a reason to worry. You know, Let, let's, let's give out these, you know, get the impression we we've righted the ship and, you know, things are be different from now on. It's like an abusive husband. Coming back and saying, I'm going to be different this time. And that's what Dayton was said tonight. They're going to be different this time.
0: Yeah. As so Dayton I, fans, that's what we are. We just keep coming back for more, more yeah, punishment. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, and like you said, uh, you know, th- this isn't a gang necessarily. Like, nobody gets beat in, although well, maybe they should. Maybe fire and Maybe that's really how we should show our. our our loyalty to the program is that everybody gets beat in on the way to the arena. Yeah. But, you know,
0: maybe what if we had a side, you know how they do in European soccer? Like, what what,
2: you yeah, know, for a fighting firm. I, what if we had a
0: firm? Yeah. I think Dayton does need a firm. Let's organize we, that.
2: We talked about that like two years ago, forming like the only college basketball firm. We're like, we take a bus down to LaSalle and we're just, we're all walking around, you know, trying to get in fights with people.
0: I don't know if you want to do that in Philly. Any other place probably yeah, be okay. No, Not point, Philly. Not Touché. Philly. St.
2: Louis or maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Just walking across the parking lot with a bunch of goons. Yeah,
2: just, you know, open <laughs> beer cans and, like, swinging, like, a, you know, a chain. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, got, I got off topic, which I, I often do. But, yeah. you know, it is. It's like, you know, people want to believe again. And, look, Dayton fans are loyal. We we, we discussed this many. I mean, that's the bedrock of this program, right? The bedrock. That's who we really are. Is, but it really is. I mean, it, it's an easy program to sell to anybody. Um you know who's interested in college basketball because once you get to know what the fan base is like and how loyal they are, blah 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 blah. Um, you have to respect it because there's there's not been a whole lot to cheer about, quite frankly. You know what I no, mean? No, no. Um, and yeah, you, you just feel bad for those people because I know season tickets sold out this year. The entire every seat is accounted for, right?
0: Nobody took my seats tonight, so uh, there was four or less people in the building because nobody would buy my tickets. And my tickets are good, people, okay? I'm in Section 302 K. Okay. Nobody can make the game. Nobody bought our tickets. Shame well, on you, all of you.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what, though. One of the things I was curious about um, when I put the game on was what the arena was going to look like. It you looked know, pretty full. It looked, it looked pretty, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not saying there's not a lot going on in Dayton, Ohio. On a Wednesday, non December, non December, yeah, no. December. But I'm just saying, I thought there might be some, st- you know, still some non-believers who are like, you know, what? I'm not gonna leave work early. They've tonight. hurt
0: me. They've hurt me before. I right. won't let them again. But you know right. what? Me and you will. We will yeah. let them.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we've been doing this for 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 too long now, and you know, <laughs> this isn't. I think you said it uh, a couple of weeks ago. This isn't something you choose, right? Or this is this is, this is something you choose. You don't just fall into being a Dayton fan.
0: No, so, I remember somebody say, saying that we needed to get off the bandwagon. Yeah, there said, Sir, is, Sir, there's no Dayton bandwagon. Yeah. You either you either lived there or you went to school there. And that yeah, is exactly. the entirety of Dayton
2: fans. <laughs> I do see that I just kinda of chuckle. I'm like, who would choose to be like like what are you talking about? No one
0: chose this life. We life, chose this life. Us. Exactly.
2: <laughs> like like we, we can't make excuses for it. This is what we did. There's nobody to blame but us at the end yeah. of the day. You know what I mean? It's like, like I said, it's like joining a gang. People go, why did you do this? And you're just like, I don't know. I I, I don't know, know."
0: but I'm in it now. I can't leave. I can't leave. They'll kill me. Yeah.
2: Like, like, uh, you know, it's just, it's part of your identity. But um, yeah, look, there's a long road ahead. And I I think you said it a couple weeks ago too. It's like the fans just want something to believe in at this point. And the way they got off to, you know, losing Austin P and and Lowell, um, it's just so disheartening because even though we've seen the lows and the lows and the highs and the highs um that felt like the lowest of the low i mean that's well, that yeah. awesome that awesome p game i i remember thinking to myself like this is not even in my wildest dreams could i have thought that a Dayton team going back to even Jim O'Brien probably maybe that's going a little bit too far but would start out 1 and 3 with three lo- you know by game losses you know what i mean For like, Sure. It, it's it's insane it's insane to think that but look I don't really subscribe to a lot of the, you know, people look at the youth of the team. I don't know how much I buy into that particularly. Cause not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. We don't
0: need to. I mean, we don't, the sample set is there. And frankly, the reason why people were so frustrated out of the gate is that this is the team we expected to see from night one and like it or not young or not, Night one is night one. Those games count just the same. So, you know, right. I'm, I'm still going to be a little bit frustrated about the first four games. Obviously, the team's improved. They've come along great. All great stuff. Um, but, you know, it, that's, that's what we kept being frustrated about because you just saw it tonight. If you wanted to argue about their youth and that the team was going to be putting it together and they had all this talent. I mean, you saw it tonight. This team's talented. And, and, hell, they're way more talented than the three teams they've lost to this year. I think we can all agree on that. Let's, you know, let's, let's keep it above the chest. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Just keep it above the chest.
2: Yeah, look. At the end of the day, it's all for fun, right? This is still this is still mid major basketball. Like, there's it is no need, no, it's no just, lives at stake. There's nothing at stake here, you know. Um, you don't even have you don't even have gambling in Ohio yet, you know. Like, yeah, once yeah. once you can gamble from your seat in the arena, all right. Now there's some serious stuff at stake. You know what I mean? You're gonna see cheering in a whole different dimension where <laughs> <laughs> certain baskets, gonna you know, people will be hanging around later in the game.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: you'll see Donnie look, you know, he'll be there with two minutes to go in, in a blowout, you know, because he's got the over. You know,
0: I actually saw this uh, the other night. It was Michigan was playing somebody late night in Vegas, and they put the walk-ons in, like, game was over, and I believe it was on Bad Beats. And it, if you guys haven't seen this, like, go back and watch it. But basically there was like a bunch of dudes in the lower bowl in Vegas and it was a late game. It was like it was over in Vegas at like 10, 1030. Right. And this dude went to the line and like both of the shots were like consequential to the spread and the dude hits the second shot and people literally like lost it. Like like a thousand <laughs> guys were like, yeah, and you could like very clearly tell that they cut co- like everybody knew they covered the spread with that basket. There, so you're right. Going to see a lot more of
2: that. There is, if you haven't watched a, I don't care what sporting event in a, in a casino and a sports book, it, it, it's, it's amazing because it is electric. Yeah, it really is because the game is never really over. There's a game within the game. Yeah. So th- The actual game in capital letters doesn't matter <laughs> as much as the game that, you know, that's affected, affecting your wallet. <laughs> so I don't even know why I'm talking about the gambling thing. I just I remember ta- <laughs> thinking about that. No, because I was thinking like today I was like it would have been cool if you know the spreads nineteen and a half, and Dayton fans could have you know made a little money um, tonight. But covered you know, it
0: was, covered it comfortably,
2: and I'm sure certain people did anyway. You know people that didn't live in Ohio. But a- another thing I want to talk to you real quick about, Sully, is that, and this is looking at this season as a whole because you know I, I don't think we have to really dive too much deeper into Alabama state tonight. Not a whole lot. No, but we got to have, we, we have to kind of set the stage for the expectations, right? Like they do have the Kansas win. you can't take that away. Can't. Uh, and, it, and again, we don't know how good Kansas will be this year. I'm assuming they're going to be pretty good. Um, You know, they, they get McDonald's all Americans,
0: but judging from the conversation that I had uh, on Tuesday with CJ Moore, who covers the team, he expects him to be in the top 10, 15 all year. That's so, the expectation. So
2: yeah. And that that's why you, you you relish the chance to play at Kansas, because you can get that W which can define your season. But U D fans have to remember, uh, and we, we discussed this before the season as well, there's not a whole lot of meat on the non-conference bone this year. Do you know what no. I mean? And and um, that's
0: exactly why we said that. You because your your point is spot on. There is no meat on the bone, which is why we're we're talking about it on a week to week basis right now, right? Like the week that we're in, the game we just watched, great. You absolutely dump truck the the, the Alabama State team that you should have. Now you got to go do it again on Saturday. You do those two things. Next week is the biggest week of the season, and frankly, you know, I hate to be black and white about it, but next week you'll actually figure out if Dayton has a shot to right all their wrongs or not. Like by Sunday night of next week, I'm talking about December 12th after the Virginia Tech game. That old miss game is either going to be a must win for Dayton's resume and they'll come out unscathed or just kind of another non con game. But at least, and I'll say this at least, and this is why I was really excited about the Orlando result is that we have this week-to-week thing to go off of. And that's great, you know, because before, like you said, it was just really bleak. And we were talking about teams in the mid-90s that were terrible and lost like 15 to 20 games a year. We're not there anymore. The team actually did what they said they were going to do. They stuck to the plan. They righted the wrongs. And... Hey, I mean, even A.G. has made some huge adjustments from those first four games. Like you saw down the stretch at Belmont. Yeah. Um, well. We had three fouls to give. A.G. Yeah. went out, told him that's exactly what he had to do. I mean, those yeah, things yeah. all started to surface in Orlando where we're like, this is it. Like, you know, I, I couldn't help but throw my hands up in the air and be like, exactly. Like, yeah, push no. the pace. Foul uh, when you have fouls to give. That, kind
2: uh, of thing. Uh, that is another thing I I wanted to bring up real quick is that. That was my kind of biggest... You know, I've always been kind of an AG critic. His in-game coaching, I think, has been lacking. Um, But it was very, very encouraging to see how he handled the Belmont game late. Yep, I agree. And it it was great to see him. He was switching up defenses throughout the whole week, showing different looks. He was using the depth. Um, So, yeah, I mean, not only is the team turning a page, it seems like maybe AG... And I'm not saying AG doesn't know how to coach basketball. Obviously, no, that's not we've never
0: said that. We've literally never said that right. before that's, people start that crap.
2: But, you know, you see this a lot of times in college football, too, where a, a coach is married to a system and they won't budge. It's the way either they were taught or it's the way they like to play. And they've had some success with it. You know, they, they probably haven't gotten to the top of the mountain with it, but they're, they're, it's almost like giving in. You know what I mean? And you saw it with uh, I'll just give you an example. Nick Saban. He poo pooed the high powered offense, the you know, the uh, spread offense, all that stuff for years and years and years, and then he got blown out by Clemson, and that was a turning point for him. Yeah, it was like this everybody is has to is have now. that turning
0: point. I'm not saying it's like exactly right now, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying? It's like you have to have that come to Jesus moment where you go, "Look, we're one and three going into the Orlando uh, tournament. We don't have a hell of a lot to lose here. Clearly, yeah, you know, we have." Only thing, only positive things can come out of that, that week. And I'm hoping a light went off and he kind of changed things up and you know, I, it, it bore, it actually bore results. There's no question about it. You know what I mean? But again, you're right. I was very, very pumped to see him so involved and making the right choices. I thought at least in in the way he managed the Belmont game, uh, specifically and, you know, AG is kind of a, a buttoned up reserve dude. You saw those clips of him in the locker room afterward.
0: He was fired up, man. There's no doubt about it.
2: He might as well have been given the middle finger to people like me. And I respect that.
0: Exactly. I do too. I do too. I respect the hell out of that. I respect the hell out of that, HG. If you want to flip us the middle finger for doubting you, you go right ahead because we doubted you.
2: I wish he called me out by name. I wish he called me out by name.
0: (laughs) That Blackburn guy, had enough of them. Flyers are a winner.
2: A out I didn't say I took all the timeouts.
0: Great time to go to the break. Flyers are a winner, 9354 over Alabama State. We appreciate you listening. One more segment left. We have all of your Twitter questions. We're getting to in the third segment, as well as some trivia. I got lots of trivia on the other side of the break. You're listening to Talking Out Loud, maybe on the podcast feed and probably on 1410 ESPN radio in Dayton. Yes. Welcome back. Final segment of Talking Out Loud. This is a rapid reaction podcast or on 1410 ESPN radio. Flyers are winner 93-54 against the Alabama State Hornets coached by none other than Mo Williams. I'm here with my counterpart, Blackburn, who often joins me for the podcast. If you haven't heard us before, maybe you have. Uh, But check us out, Talking Out Loud, LOWD, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, Third segment, I want to take the questions that we got off of Twitter. You can also find us at Talking Out Loud on Twitter. And I ask people to put in some input. And uh, one of our favorites, Sean R. Jr., he asked, is his 28-3 prediction too bold? It definitely is. Chris Caulfield asks, are the Flyers Flyers scored uh, 95 tonight? Uh, They've scored 93, actually. Chris, thanks for weighing in. Which leads me to my trivia question before I answer more of these Twitter musings. Trivia question tonight: Blackburn is uh, has to do with Dayton scoring a hundred points in the arena. Um, it's happened 27 times where Dayton has scored 100 or more. They have lost how many of those games out of 27?
2: Ooh, well, I gotta I gotta assume a couple of those are gonna be o- overtime games, maybe multiple OTs. Don no. Donahue's teams
0: in the 80s, they used to play fast, if you recall. They had a lot of games in the 100s. That was Running and gunning. Yeah, they were. Running and gunning.
2: Yeah. Uh, they played 27. How many did they lose? There's going to be some crappy teams in there. I, I want to say they won 19 of those games.
0: No, actually uh, 25 and 2. Damn, The so okay. lost two of those games. One of them was against the Southern Jaguars, who we'll be playing here in a couple of weeks. That was in December of 1989. And then, about ten days later, they were lost to Wright State, 101 to 99. Um, sorry, I guess I included that in my notes somewhere. So they were they were 26 and one. I don't know why I included that in the notes, but I'm I'm literally looking at a note right now. It says twenty-six and one and I said that they'd lost two. They've lost one. I'm sorry, everybody.
2: That's that's I crazy a... though, because you would assume a lot of those games would have been like triple OTs and stuff that they, you know, would have lost. But
0: I think I included it because it was 10199. So I was like, eh, I that guess counts. that counts. I'll throw that it counts. in. That so counts. all right, fine. They lost two games. But oh, anyway.
2: Wait, quick shout out Christian Wilson. Good to see you on the court again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you uh if you watch the game tonight, if you listen on the radio, uh, we'll, we'll get to a couple of things here. So first question I got off of Twitter tonight was around Elijah Weaver. Um, we don't know the full extent of what happened with Elijah Weaver, but we do know that he was held out of the game for disciplinary reasons. I don't imagine it's going to last more than tonight. Um, if it lasts into Saturday, so what? Uh, this is probably a pretty convenient time to bench someone for disciplinary reasons. Um, nothing says you're serious like getting benched for the Alabama State game, of course. <laughs> um So that's the deal with him. Like I said, I don't know what the disciplinary measure was. I just know that he's not hurt. He was on the bench. He was dressed and he was held out for disciplinary reasons. Um, Tonight, you saw the walk-ons get in. You also saw Caleb Washington check his first minutes of the game or of the year. Rather, he's a top 100 recruit uh, that came in second biggest signing uh, behind Deron Holmes. As far as the recruiting trail going, obviously, Mally Smith has been uh, probably the most impactful not probably he's been the most impactful freshman to this point Um, but then that leaves uh, the next question i got off twitter was rich Mofule didn't see him tonight which leads me to believe blackburn that you know are we gonna see him at all is it an academic thing is he injured i haven't heard anything on the injury front i certainly hasn't, haven't heard anything on the academic front and he's a guy that's already played college basketball elsewhere so it leads me to believe he's probably not going to red shirt not really sure what his deal is but i I'd be hard pressed to say he's going to get minutes down the stretch here. Um, Last thing tonight that uh, was right towards the end of the game. If you watched all the way to the bitter end, you saw this. But walk-ons checked in as they often do in blowouts. Uh, Christian Wilson checked into the game. He had a wide open look uh, on a breakaway. And I guess he tried to dunk it. Uh,
2: It didn't
0: didn't work out well. Uh, He got stuffed by the rim and sent back. No points for Christian Wilson tonight. I'm sorry, fella. I'm sorry. It it was it hurt to watch. Oh, he got one from the free throw line. I take that back. He did. He
2: he scored a he got two shots off, right? Yep,
0: yeah, he got he two got shots off.
2: Yeah. And I, I just hate it for the young man. I really do because walk-on time
0: is such yeah, a precious thing. It's, it's so pure. It's so pure.
2: Like really ninety-nine percent of the time a walk on is on a court. It's just fun for everybody. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> having a hell of a time. You're in love again with your wife. The feelings are great throughout the whole arena. And then <laughs> then that happens and you just feel you feel absolutely awful.
0: I felt gutted. I did. I you felt do. I you took do. it personally. I really did.
2: But flip side, that kid's got a set on him, right? Because that could have gone that could have been an amazing moment in UD basketball history and certainly in his life. And he went for it. He could have went for the easy finger roll. You know, put a little style on it, you know, kind of strut down the court. But he was all in. He he pushed all the chips in the middle of the table and said, I'm not even sure if I can dunk this ball, but I'm going for it.
0: Yeah, you have to look, respect that.
2: Look, we'll put it we'll put an asterisk up and say he was not trying to dunk. How about that? Sure. We'll just say he just jumped too high, higher than he thought he was gonna, gonna jump on the layup and got caught up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh it's a great time to remind you that tonight's rapid reaction podcast is brought to you. By the Lions and Reynolds team at Vic Green Realty. If you're looking for a home in Southwest Ohio, look no further than the team of Lions and Reynolds at Vic Green Realty. Um, Blackburn, some additional trivia for you tonight. Uh, did you learn for the first time where Alabama State was located?
2: No. Um, oh. I'm, sort of fam- I, you know, I'm sort of familiar with Alabama. I'm going to say Anniston.
0: No, it's actually in one of Alabama's cities. I'll, if I if I give you like the obvious hint, you'll nail it. So it's in one of their cities. Take it's got to be
2: got to be either Birmingham or Montgomery.
0: It's in the capital of Alabama. Does that
2: help you? Montgomery, is that Montgomery? There Mobile? you go.
0: Everybody's learning Montgomery, tonight. Yeah. Everybody's learning. The state capital of Alabama is indeed Montgomery. And the campus of Alabama State is actually located one mile away from the Alabama State House in Montgomery, Alabama. See, isn't this podcast better when you learn? It's better for me. I know that.
2: Ah, it's too much.
0: No, too much factoids. Yeah, so one round of trivia is enough for you, is what you're. No, no, I'll keep it coming. I can't. <laughs> you're, you're all about the trivia. Yeah, I'm learning. I, I hear you. Um, other things that we can kind of, you know, if we're looking to dissect tonight, um, you know, I got to be honest, Blackburn. And we, we have, we always come back around to eating our own crow here. Uh, when there's something to admit that we got wrong, uh, I'm very happy to admit it and where I'm going with this is uh, Sissoko is actually giving the team really valuable minutes,
2: right? Yeah, no, he, he has maybe, you know, you don't know the psychology of these kids, obviously, but maybe that, that pressure to like impress or do more than he can when he gets it. I, I feel like once you solidify your role, like his, his role is obviously pretty well defined at this point, right? Like you're going to get a couple minutes, you're going to bang around, May I feel like it's kind of a release for a guy like that, where it's like you don't go in there and try to do too much and impress us. Like, yeah, he's been, a garbage man, right? You've been around. We know your skill set. You know your skill set. You're not fooling anybody. Go in and you know do what you do, and you'll get the minutes. You know what I mean? That's that's the deal you make with a kid like Sissoko. And I remember like in the off season, we were all like taking bets, essentially being like there's no way that kid is on campus next year, right?
0: I didn't think so. I just didn't, f- I didn't see where he fit with this team, frankly. But you
2: now know. you do, right? I and- do.
0: He's the garbage man. You know, he's going <laughs> to get down there. He's going to muck it up. He's going to be physical. And like you said, his job is to be the garbage man and clean that glass and, and then get, get his put back d- buckets. That's right. his job.
2: He's the kind of guy that you have a conversation with in the off season, right? And you go, look, last year was an absolute disaster. You didn't know what you, it. Didn't look like you even knew what you were doing for most of the year. If you want to come back and contribute and get some minutes, this is what I need you to be next year. You know, you go in there, you bang, you grab boards, you get easy buckets, and then you're out. And that's kind of the deal you make with a kid like that. But look again, that could be a vital piece of the puzzle. There's no question about it. Yeah. So all of it's encouraging when you have a you know every time he comes off the you know he looks he obviously he lost some weight. He looks in much better shape. He's moving a lot better. So, I mean, you got to tip the cap cap to the kid because a lot of people would have hit that portal real quick. Um, I don't know what his opportunities would have looked like, but that's beside the point. But the kid obviously put in work into his game and especially his body. And he's playing out. He's confident out there because I think he knows his role. And everyone's got to know their role in this life. That's right. Well, in- What's your role? What's your role? Leading the Flyer Nation podcast host, baby. That's what Pop- I do. Podcast god?
0: Yeah, but I'm the podcast guy. That's what I do. Somebody called me a washed-up radio host like a week ago, and I was like, "Can I even really be washed up? Like when was my peak?" You yeah, know. Yeah, you never had a peak? Yeah, exactly. I'm what? just kind of chugging along at the who same said, who speed. Said that? Was oh, yeah. that supposed to be insult or a joke? Yeah, it was Twitter chatter, you know. Oh, it was no. Twitter chatter. Yeah. I, you hey, could...
2: it better, you know, better to have been a has been and never was, Sully. Exactly. That's what they say. Yeah, no, exactly. I've been watching um, it my whole life.
0: Yeah, I, I made a special um note to to touch That's on cool. that. Um, That's just cruel. Cause I, I just I don't know. I, I think Sissoko's playing this role really well, man. The other thing that uh that stood out for me is the free throw shooting from Dayton has like been night and day. Um, yep. from where we started, I don't know why that that switch has gotten flipped. Um, they didn't really go to the line that much against Belmont. They were four for eight. They got there a lot
2: tonight. I'll tell you that, um,
0: but they did. They got there a lot tonight. They were 23 for 27 from the line, 85%. That was led by Kamara going seven for eight and Molly Smith going eight for eight. He has been absolutely lights out at the free throw line, which is really good thing because, uh, I think we all know Molly Smith loves to mix it up. And, um, and, and play physical. So with his 8-8 eight per eight performance from the line now this season, he's 21 for 23. I mean, that's that's going to get the job done. Like, I got to say, Blackburn, it's the right place to close the show. I think it is so easy to be surprised by the contribution we've gotten from Mally Smith. He sure feels like the point guard we're going to have for like the next four years, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's very rare, and this even goes to, to you know, high major level, a five-star recruit, it's very rare for a kid to come in, I don't care what program it is, and look as composed and as in control at the PG slot like like Mally has right now. I mean, it's it's kind of, for us, I'm trying to think back in time, like it's kind of unprecedented,
0: really. Juwan Staten was pretty productive when yeah, he came no, on. His, no. The team wasn't so good, but I mean, he was like immediately productive um, at the no, point guard spot.
2: But I also feel like Staten didn't really know how to to run that team? And like, like you no, said, the team, no. that team that team was all over the, the all over the place. We'll we'll grant you that. Yeah, but Mo, he's one of those guys that just puts people in a position to succeed. You know what I mean? He gets you the ball where you need to get the ball, and yeah, I mean he plays with such controlled aggression, right? I think when we first saw him, saw him come out the gate, it was like, whoa, 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 put the reins on this kid, like slow him down. He's just running
0: everywhere, right. man. Yeah,
2: it is. It's it's he's not a turnover machine, which I think a lot of people are going to be concerned with. Like that's just the speed he plays at. And look, Dayton, you know, with the depth this year and the, the style of play that everybody plays now in twenty twenty one, that's the guy you want leading leading the squad for the next four years. You know what I mean? If if you if you're if you're a college coach and and you could turn to yourself and say, look. I already got the, the point guard for the next three and a half years. That is a humongous benefit. The, the yeah. biggest positive you can think of.
0: Yep. And that's, uh, that's where we're shut down the program tonight. Cause that's really where it's, it's worth leaving is that um, for all the struggles that the Dayton team has had this year, Holmes and Mally Smith have just been, it been huge. I mean, they've been the core of the team. I never thought that the core of the team would be two true freshmen, but that's where we're sitting today. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, encouraging that we now have a guy at the point guard spot for the foreseeable future. Um, Daron Holmes is as disruptive on the defensive end as any freshman that we've had, you know, probably you know, can go back to big Steve and he's be doing what big Steve did and more on the offensive end um, in his freshman year. And, uh, and that's the place to leave it tonight. You know, flyers are five and three, turn the season around. Um, just just, a complete 180 from where we were sitting a week ago. Um, Blackburn, make it quick. Final thoughts, man. What do you have?
2: The final thoughts? You're absolutely right. They, they turned the season around. They made believers and non-believers. But look, the exciting part and also the bad part is that every game from here on out matters. Every, every single game. game. Yep. So tune in.
0: So there's, there's no overreactions to losses because uh, the overreactions will be just normal reactions. No more chances uh, for slip-ups. There's no more leeway for the Flyers to drop one. Um, and that's what makes it exciting. So we'll do it all over again. Saturday afternoon, Flyers are going to be back in action against Northern Illinois, 2 p.m. Eastern. Tip, you can watch that on Bally Sports Ohio. If you need a link online, just go onto the Flyers schedule and check it out. For Blackburn, I'm Sully. This has been the Rapid Reaction podcast after dayton's a winner 93 54 over alabama state and uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed or on 1410 espn radio dayton we just ask two things of you you wear red and be loud we'll catch you next time
1: support for this podcast and the following message come from coriant